know what, you know what's funny about the whole podcast stuff is like some people are really precious about like the quality hmm. um but there are so many are you trying to say that the quality of mine is shit oh my god <laughs> no 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 i'm i'm saying you're you're actually like very much concerned about the quality am i yeah i mean the first your first few you know you kind of botched but <laughs> <laughs> kind of audio was, I was learning it was audio is split left and right <laughs> I, I, I put it back for yours but so you know what because we talk about it yeah we did yeah. And, and it's funny because so that day that well the day after the podcast uh, got released I was listening to it because I wanted to, I made the joke it's like I wanted to hear if I sound like an idiot and I was yeah. like okay I sound okay but I was thinking about how we were talking about that left and right on a previous episode Later that day, I recorded an episode with a friend of mine, and I was like, I'm going to do the pan left, pan right thing. And even on the YouTube video, because um, for season two, I'm not doing video, just because the production time is crazy. Yeah. Um, so it's just been audio only. And so I just put up a picture, a static image of the mm -hmm. two of us. I'm on the left side, he's on the right side. So I was like, well, I'm going to pan left, I'm going to pan right. I didn't do it full. I did like a 60-40 split, so there's a little crossover. Yeah. But I like that separation. When you're in the car, it's like, oh, James is over here, and then whoever else is talking is over here. And it's, yeah. it's kind of cool. Some people have yeah. been quite annoyed by that. Yeah, I uh, Because they can't hear the other speaker. Oh. You well, know, it's directed towards someone else. Right. And like Matt, Matty Prings has commented that he can't hear the other person talking. I guess depending upon where you're listening, right, yeah. if, if you have that extreme stereo separation. But if you have headphones on, like, or you're right. in the car, that's where I listen to podcasts. Where do you, where do you mostly listen to your podcasts? Walking the dogs. Walking the dogs, so your headphones. Yeah. What about uh, you? I would probably in bed, laptop, speaker. Interesting. Yeah, like falling asleep. That's like your, your decompression for the night, your like podcast. Um, you listen at, to, you listen to my podcast? <laughs> no, you like, want to hear James at the yeah, end of the night? Your, just <laughs> yours, yours would be in headphones at work. Okay. But that's, it's just, it's a little weird hearing it right left. At first, but then you, yeah. then you, it kind of grows on you. Well, I sure. did, I did switch it four episodes, but because we had talked about it, I left, I put it that way. Just, it's a callback to the yeah. old days yeah. when I was still yeah. learning how to do it. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. I don't think there's anything so wrong with it. No, I don't either. But what my, what my point was, so Joe Budden's podcast, um, hip hop guy. And I guess Joe super, Biden does a hip hop. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm, that's did incredible. You say Joe Biden, <laughs> Biden. Okay, you guys are way too old. I would listen to a. I would listen. I don't I'm like hip hop, Joe but I would a, listen to a Joe Biden hip hop podcast. Joe Biden, him trying to wrap his head around hip hop for sure. Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe is definitely into hip hop. Yeah, he, he would know more than I would. Um, but so he he has a really popular podcast in the hip hop community, and he had a chance to rap around, and it was like it, it blew up because it was a really good uh, episode. And he does like a YouTube video and stuff. It's a Spotify exclusive podcast. Oh, sweet. He's got a YouTube channel. You release the YouTube like a week after the podcast comes out or whatever. And like the audio cut out, it was a three hour podcast. The audio cut out every like 25 minutes for like 20 seconds. Really? While they were talking. But it's like, you know, no harm, no foul. Yeah. It was still good quality. <laughs> right. It, it kind of actually made it. A Did it completely cut out? Like you couldn't hear anything or was it just like muffled and like really distorted? It was a super low volume muffle. Like ah. you couldn't, you couldn't make it out. Yeah. Yeah. That's that weird. Yeah. I mean the whole, you know, engineering aspect of this, right? The, the figuring out how all this stuff works. Like even today it was like, oh, I have to do a third mic. I was like, oh, there's a little built in mic here. So I'm just going to use that, I guess. Yeah. I mean, ideally something else, but you know, if it's... A podcast, yeah, it needs to be at like that 60 percentile of like good enough. doesn't need to be 100. No. In that 60, it's like, cool, I'll listen. Exactly. And there are some podcasts where it's like, I got to turn the volume down. I got to turn the volume up mm -hmm. because, 
you know, I know roughly you're supposed to keep it at a certain dB. I think it's minus 12 is like, no, I don't even know. I'm making that number up. I'd have to look on the little chart because I don't know that so intuitively, but it needs to just be good enough. Yeah. And see, I don't pay attention to, you know, to decibels and stuff like that. Yeah. If it gets hot, like, really bad, I it, just, yeah. I, I de-amplify, de-amplify it a little bit yep. and I just have one setting that I just hit like repeat, repeat, repeat until it balances out. Yeah. And I'm going off the waves, not any, not the meter. Yes. So I so, look, I look for a matched wavelength. Right. Do you and, see the little red lines that are clipping? Yeah. Right. And you're like, Oh, let's pull that. Let's and then start if it's that low, down. I amplify and I just try to create a, what looks like a balance. Yeah. Um, and I actually have been playing more and more with that, um, using compression and limiters. Like that's a whole thing where mm-hmm. it, it equalizes all the audio. So there isn't all this up and down. It's just yeah. kind of like here. It's weird. But then I like, haven't gotten that fancy. Yet. But That's now I start going into that and I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to know. I mean, it's cool to know it, but it's like, I don't want to know so much of that. Right. Like, I'm not going to start reading papers on like, okay, well, what's the best compression ratio? Nope. Don't care. I click the button. Oh, it sounds better. Cool. I'll use that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. People don't care. They just no. Wanna, they want to hear the conversation. Especially not for this. Yeah. Especially not for this. And if it is something where like, if I was recording like an interview, a professional interview, you. I know how to get good audio. Yeah. I can put in headphones and I can say, hey, tell me what you had for breakfast. Oh, that sounds good. I know I have good audio. Yeah. Um, where that stuff really becomes a pain, right, is when you have like the tinkering of all this stuff yeah. that I'm sure this mic is going to pick up all that. Or when the lady See, upstairs, but I can get rid of that. I know how to get rid of that. Pulling some of that stuff out is kind of a pain, but then when you have like this, this little hum that's coming from outside that you know, sound engineers are like, oh, we got to get rid of that hum. It's like, what hum? What are you talking about? Right. <laughs> See, but those, there's settings to find the hum and then to remove it from the entire audio bit. Yeah. And do you know that's how noise-canceling headphones work? Is they actively have a, they have a microphone that they're listening for a sound. They match that frequency and then they cut it out. Really? How freaking cool is that? I've that's never awesome. once actually experienced a noise-canceling headphone. Oh, dude, you got to do it. It's, it's weird it. never because it on my feels head. like you were just put into like a box. Like, if you just turn it on and you're not listening to anything, it's like... Really? It's, it's yeah. this emptiness. Because it finds the surrounding ambient hum, like a plane yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. it is you're in. It matches that frequency and then cuts it out. It's like um, sensory deprivation tanks. Have you ever I done one of those? Have you? Dude, yes. I did it once. Over on Crown? No, I did it. It was in Guilford. It was... Um, I don't remember the name. Dude, I was going to plug them, but I, I don't... Dude, very cool. Yeah. I want to do the freezing thing. Oh, freezing Syro thing? Yeah, you get in a booth and it freezes you. Oh. Cryotherapy. What is it? How do you pronounce cryotherapy. it? Cryotherapy. Cryotherapy. Yeah. So wait, for how long? Uh, you got a minute and a half to three minutes. Whoa. I think that's what the time was. It's like what? Wait a second. It, free, it helps cell regeneration. Okay. So it helps you with, um, you know, getting over aches and pains. Uh, it helps with just general aging of your really? body. Yeah, that's it's popular amongst the athletes. Yeah, like LeBron does a lot of because that's what they'll do ice baths. Like that's a whole thing, right? Right. I know that's a whole thing. And actually, I was just talking. Hold on, before we dive into this, I'm going to do a formal intro. Hey guys, welcome back, Steve Walter (laughs) Photo Podcast. We've been talking for a little bit. My name is Steve Walter. Today I have with me Jimmy and James. Say hello, guys. Hello. Hello. This is uh, season one. Uh, Everything is. Wait, so are we on focusing on camera now, or are we focusing on mics now? So we'll because we still, all just changed mics. we all still. just changed the camera now and that's okay yeah all that's right. all right yeah. um, <laughs> but no that mic I, I never use that audio yeah that audio is just going to be picked up from all this um, so t- today we're talking everything is art that's season one and you guys are writers we'll get to that but hold on 
Uh, we're talking ice baths. We're talking cryogenics. Wait, aren't we're talking we in season two, though? Freezing. We're season two. So I'm doing both. I'm doing them oh. in tandem because it's my podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, oh, want. season two and season one. Because this format is more structured for season one, whereas the season two is more like talking topics. Like if we had a specific topic, it's like, hey, guys. Nice. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, talking topics. Um, <laughs> if we had a specific topic that we were talking about, like... Uh, sensory deprivation tanks yeah. um, then cool let's dive into that pun intended um, <laughs> but nice. I was just talking with a friend of mine who says now he'll take a shower and then at the end of his shower he puts it on freezing cold water and I've been doing that for the past four days and it's so refreshing at the end it's also kind of terrifying because I just turn it and I'm like oh what's it gonna do oh yeah. it's really cold oh it's really cold and I just wait and I try to like mm. I try to I, I don't even know like Focus on my breathing and just relax. The main reason why I've been doing it, because I don't know if you guys have this, when you get out of a hot shower in the winter, you get all itchy. Yeah. And this actually helps that. So mm. when you have your, your hot, dry skin, gets real itchy, and I hate that. So this has actually been helping with that. But he told me he was doing it because he did this whole painting retreat that was more of like a psychedelic retreat. Like it was nuts. George, the guy I was just talking about, oh, FTS okay. Gallery, tattoo artist. Um, so he was like, yeah, I do this like cold shower thing yeah. now. I'm like, oh, I'm going to try that. There's a, there's a lot of evidence to back up cold showers. I don't know how long you do it. I, was, I go through streaks of doing it at like the end of a shower. I'll do it for like two minutes. I don't even do it that long. Um, I've been doing it for like a minute, maybe 45 seconds, something yeah, like that. Yeah, but it helps. Uh, it not only feels good and it's energizing, but it supposedly uh, boosts your immune system. Um, oh. It makes you less likely to get like a common cold and, and things of that nature. Interesting. Um, but it's also good just to like get uncomfortable and like get cold water yeah. running down your spine because like a, like a cat. Warm showers are comfortable. Like everything we do today is fairly comfortable. It's easy. Yeah. So like it's just good to get uncomfortable once in a while. Yeah. I um, agree. And that's like what a cold shower. It's just a good mental exercise, if anything. Yes. Yeah. And um, so that directly reminds me. So when I, I was, uh, let's go back years and years and years ago, I was really depressed and then I wasn't depressed. It hit my bottom and I kind of pushed through that. That was when mentally I was like, I want to change the way I think about things. So I fasted. I fasted for a week just to see what will my body do? How will it react? And it was crazy because by the end of it, I did it for five days, just water. It sucked. Um, I was very aware of my joints. Like I knew when my joints were being utilized. And that was really weird. Like when I would get in and out of the car, like I remember f like thinking I can feel my knees and you never think about that. You just don't. Yeah. Um, but then I, I experimented with diet to see how my body would kind of adjust. And it was super, super interesting because then mentally you have to, you have to think about things in a different way. And then combined with that, um, I was trying to directly um, combat my anxiety so what I would do is I would go to a situation where I knew I was going to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like I knew, I know I don't want to go here. And like, you know, that moment of like, oh, I don't want to go here. I should just call them. I'm not going to go. Everyone goes through that, I think. So I was like, I'm going to force myself to go there and talk to one person new and introduce myself. It's going to be awkward. It's going to be weird and just deal with it. So like I tried to like have this progression of I need to change the way I think. That's awesome. So the cold shower thing, I never really connected that, but maybe yeah. that's also that. Yeah, it's kind of like a, the people, uh, I think, I don't listen to much of his stuff at all, but I think Jocko, what's his last name? Willing. Yeah, uh, about waking up early, he says, like, it's just a psychological win. You Is know what I mean? The, like, you uh, wake up at former Marine yes. or yeah. Navy SEAL? Yes, a former yeah. Navy SEAL. Uh, he has a company, a consultant company, Echelon Front, I believe. 
um, with Leif Babin, who's also a Navy SEAL, and they just came out with a new book. I'm like promoting him now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Dichotomy of Leadership. Uh, ah. But they took off with the book Extreme Ownership. Oh, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a he has an intense podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's what's cool about him is he is both this badass Navy SEAL, but he's also into other things. So he'll he'll reference literature. He'll talk about Shakespeare. Oh, and then at the same time he'll talk be talking about you know riding into a fight and killing people. You know, it's like right. There, there's a little bit of something for everyone. He's cultured, <laughs> but he's also a badass. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those extremes. I mean, talk about the shit that dude must have been through and gone through. Ah. The train, right? The mental training, the physical training, combining those two things, being conditioned to handle all kinds of shit, but then also want to talk about Shakespeare. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> is this a rosé, guys? This is, yeah, this is nice. I like this. The, the cultured man with the Dunkin' Donuts in his hand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so if I can, I want to use that as a segue to talk about you guys and your craft and your art, as, as I would call it, um, writing. So writing for me is not my arch nemesis. Um, I like it. Sometimes I can write really well. Like if I'm writing a little note to my wife, something like that, she's like, oh my God, that's so sweet. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, that's pretty good. Like I was real thoughtful there. Wait, if you I... want to know a trick uh, for writing notes to your wife like please, that? Please, please. Um, go to uh, the, like the card aisle of the store mm-hmm. and just read through them and find great ones. Yeah. And then uh, you never have to write no. anything sweet because you just steal from all those. <laughs> That's it. There's some, there's some really good, there's a lot of bad ones, but just steal them. I started doing that when I was like a kid writing uh, cards to my uh, girlfriends. That's so good. So oh I, God, James, yeah, I learned so to sweet. write by <laughs> stealing. Like, ah, Hallmark, yeah. what's up? Yep. <laughs> some, some kid I, I knew in middle school was dating a girl and did that. He stole a poem, like he Googled something and found a poem online and wrote it to her and she broke up with him because she found <laughs> out well, that we didn't have Google when I was a kid. Didn't have right, Google. there was no Google. Yeah, no we Google. didn't have the Googles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting, right? Because I think I hinted at this when we were talking on the podcast. It's like there is no original idea. Mm-hmm. Like, it's hard to find a real original idea. And when you do find an original idea, everyone's like, oh, that's weird. I don't like that. And it's like, well, it's because it's new. It's different. I get mm-hmm. it. So with writing, do you kind of feel like that's similar? And, and l- let me preface this by saying writing when you're writing copy for a client, right? Mm-hmm. So, so you guys day in, day out are writing copy, right? I, I'm just simplifying it by calling copy, but call it a tagline, call it a headline, call it uh, body copy, call it um, you know, romantic text, right? That kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you're describing a product or a service, right? You have to make it sound better than it quote unquote is, right? Are you guys recycling a lot of that stuff? Do you find that? Or is it really, hey, let me try to really push outside and come up with something totally new, but maybe the client's not going to go for it? Uh, uh, that depends. Yeah. That, that I'm starting to get more into where it's like, uh, I won't use the same things for different clients, but you, you use similar phrases, similar language, depending on like the right. industry. Right. Uh, but in terms of like, yeah, trying to kind of push the boundaries a bit more and get a little bit weirder, especially on the first pass. Yeah. Like, you, right. You teach yourself, you, you kind of get this idea ingrained in your head that they're not going to, you know, fly with the weird, wild stuff. And then you try it, and the first time you try it, and then they don't say anything about it. They like it, you know? Right. So then you just keep going. Yeah. So oh, you get, get weirder and weirder. Yeah. And then it's like, it's always. It's better to get pulled back and reined back in Always. Uh, as opposed to playing it safe right away. So, no, I don't think we use the same things for, for 
all of our clients, but we definitely draw from similar right uh, like sources you of inspiration. Know something worked for a campaign, so let me try to pull a little bit of that because I know yeah. it, it. Right, obviously. You know, if two products are completely different, you're not going to do that. It doesn't make right. sense. Yeah, but if we know like a call to action or like a button text, like right. you know, shop now or whatever, like, like, click like, now. Everyone uses click now or shop now. Right. Like gonna... if you found an alternative that worked really well for this brand, then it's probably going to work really well for the other brand too. Yeah. So like things like that. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. in terms of creating a brand or developing a brand, yeah. um, you know, through articulations and brand strategies and stuff like that, I find that when I'll build one. When I go to the next one and there's similarities, they don't know their similarities. They didn't see the brand development of the last one, the, the client. Right. Yet I will look at it and go, well, I can't repeat anything. I can't, oh, the uh, archetype? I can't have them be the same archetype. I have right. to push this further. Right. And they're not seeing that. It's me being uncomfortable with the feeling of repeating myself. Using or, the same thing. Yeah. And so I'm pushing maybe too far to get away from something that no one else knows about. Right. That you easily could have said like, Hey, they didn't, no one used this. Yeah. This is up for grabs, yeah. arguably. Let me use that. No, yeah. I want to push and kind of. And it is a feeling myself. of, you know, someone going, Hey, you reuse some of this, like internally, someone at DS recognizing that right. I'm, I'm afraid of that moment. Right. And so I'm pushing out maybe too far with someone like Jimmy would be like, good push. Yeah. Go out there, you know? Right. Um, but I worry about it. But to that point, and this is where I get, I feel the same way about a lot of things. Uh, but I don't know if it's, it's the right way to feel because like, I don't know what the parallel of that is for like a designer. Like, Oh, you use that same shade of red for that other client. You know, I think it like, could be, um, you know, just grouping of any kind of elements. Like if you, you know, standard sort of, you know, headline block of text or image text image or whatever it is like that kind of layout that like, Oh, I use this on this brochure for this client. And I'm going to use it on the same brochure for this client. It's like, what are you doing, man? Mix it up. Like, right, find right. something that kind of works differently. But then the argument could also be made: get this done. I need this now. So, mm -hmm. oh, let me just grab this template, call it, yeah. and let me put it over here. Maybe move things around a little bit. Cool. You could argue it's kind of the same thing. Or yeah, and then you could also argue: well, I know you want to do something different and stuff for your own own, you know self but right. this is what's best for the client and that's who's paying you so yeah and that was was what, what that's what was really cool about the podcast you were doing james um so for sorry those, i just got distracted because you still have tape backup no those are oh. hard drives oh they're hard drives now okay yeah yeah, yeah they're hard drives because yeah, they look like those old plastic <laughs> oh, like oh, yeah, I love boxes. It. it's a nice nostalgic touch i remember yeah. i remember tape backup yeah because oh, they got the little labels and stuff that's why i was like i thought it was a shelf of tapes. no yeah those are just like uh just three and a half hard drives oh, okay um, I got totally distracted. No, it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm good. But what I liked about the, the podcast when you guys were talking about that was those, those sort of differences in that struggle of, well, do I do what's right for the client or do I do what's right for me creatively? Like mm -hmm. my soul needs to be fulfilled, but at the same time, nope, I'm getting a paycheck to give the client what they need. Right. Um, so you guys should go listen to a creative working title. Um, digital surgeons podcast that James you hosted and conducted and I love the format and the structure I'm saying that to you now formally recorded I right. think I said it to you in person too <laughs> yeah, yeah. but um, it's really cool to kind of dive into that approach of well it's not about me it's about the client and and I think about that as a creative it's almost always that way but when I think about being like a plumber, a plumber is going to be like, I don't care what you want. This is what's going to not make things break. Right. I yeah. need to use these parts so that your house doesn't flood. Yeah. Is that okay with you? Well, and I think you just you just want need. You, you know, right. They want something. They need right. something. Uh, want is often incorrect because if yeah. they 
If they knew what they needed, they would have fixed it already. They wouldn't have had to come to us. That's right. You know, they're often too close or not capable in a space. Uh, and so, but often need is a scary state for them. The thing they need yeah. is often too far away from what they understand. Yeah. And so while Jimmy might, you know, adamantly, you know, chase that, that need because it's, it's excellent, it's new and it's exciting, it's going to create change or, and demand for them, it's, it's a leap for them. So yeah, often we scary. have to go, this is what you wanted. This is what you need. Yeah. You know, and then we have to find somewhere in the middle. Let's find, yeah, here's yeah. the difference, right? Yeah. So it's. So yeah, Jimmy, you have to take the word bitch out of this headline. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's going to work. Yes, people are going to like it. Yes, it's fun. It's on brand, but someone's going to get upset. You know, right. Internally before. <laughs> yeah. Right. He did use bitch in a headline. No. It was great. It was, it was great. I loved it, but That's I knew awesome. we knew it wouldn't work. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, what was that headline? Uh, Oh yeah, it's the bomb bitch. Yeah, it's the bomb bitch. Yeah, <laughs> oh. it was good. Um, you I changed the baby, which is yeah, I changed the baby. That, that that is a baby, right? That's exactly uh, It's fine. That's right. beautiful. Yeah. It's the same as baby. beautiful baby. Um, and bomb was a pun because it was lip bomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. No, I mean, sorry. It's it's bomb bitch. That's why that's I added bitch because yeah. like bomb is too the, soft. The, the pun is too obvious. That. So uh-huh. yeah. Bitch. <laughs> um, I'm going to take a quick break just to reset this, and then I want to come back and then talk to you guys about more of the, the process that you guys have for approaching. Yeah. Cool. So I wanted to talk to you guys about your, your writing process, and whether it be copy for a client or just for you, um, because that's something, again, like I, I don't want to call it my arch nemesis, but I'm definitely better with colors and shapes than I am with words. I'm also mm-hmm. dyslexic, self-diagnosed dyslexic, so what I find myself is I'm always transposing things so my reading comprehension is crap. So therefore, in my mind, like if I'm writing an email to a client, like I've got to read it four or five times to make sure, right. did I screw any of this up? Or a lot of times what will happen is as I'm typing, I'm typing letters in, that are in my mind before they need to be in the word. It's, it's an odd thing. Like I'm, I'm preemptively typing words. So autocorrect is my best friend. Mm. Um, so it's this weird thing that I have. So when you guys are approaching typing or writing, um, are you doing handwritten? Are you typing it out? What's, what's like your structure? If you wanted to write something creative, say, not for, not for necessarily a client, but for you. I never write anything by hand. You don't? No. You Every, type it out. Everything's digital, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, at work, I never write by hand, but I do at home. You do? Yeah, if I'm writing like poems or something, like my shitty poems. <laughs> <laughs> my shitty poems? Is that the title that, that's of my That's the title of my collection, poems. yeah. Um, do you guys ever dictate at all? Is that a thing? Just when I'm driving. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You got an idea and you know it, like, yeah. boom, let me capture this. Yeah, when I do write by hand, usually if I have to write something down quickly, um, I, I do it in a weird, sh- like, shorthand. Okay. And so I'll, I was explaining to someone because someone asked to see something. I was like, oh, it's still in notes. Uh, it's still in note form. And you wouldn't be able to understand it. Mm-hmm. And I, was, I think I was explaining to Ryan where I was like, well, so the brand and the, and the uh, client, everything is some sort of symbol or number so I don't have to write it. And I know uh, what it means. Yeah, yeah. Even if it changes in the middle of what I'm writing. Yeah. So if, if I'm writing for, you know, name any Camelback. Right. I'll just write one, you know. Okay, so you know that's the brand. Yeah. And so I just, I have like weird things like that. So cool. if I try to show it to someone like, oh, here's, here's the start of their brand. There's their mission, their vision. <laughs> it's like, you can't read it. Right. It, it only exists. Cryptic. Yeah, it only exists inside my head with some reminders on a piece of paper. Of That's job means. security right there. Yeah. <laughs> Look at these notes. I don't even know what this means. What is this? We need James here. Yeah. No, nice. but that's that's interesting. And does that help you with just speed? Is that yeah. what that's for? Yeah, just yeah. Speed? It's when I got to get something out quick. So most of the time it's um, 
like a lot of times on my phone, if I want to get something out quickly, like I have a thought, yeah. then I sh- I do some sort of like, like I take out um, vowels. Okay. You know, um, because it's just quicker. Just and sometimes it'll correct it. Sometimes it'll change the word entirely because uh, it's trying to think I'm right. trying to write something, but I, I'm trying to get an idea out fast. And so I just, just write it out and just it's an it absolute mess. But then when I go back to it, I go, okay, I know what that means. So that sounds kind of like, I mean, not that I'm a songwriter or a musician, but do you guys, have you ever written songs at all? Oh yeah. You have? Yeah. Are, are they shitty songs like shitty poems? I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I my buddy and I, we released a mixtape in nice. senior year of high school. Oh, oh yeah. Where is this? Was it actually it's online on a cassette you... though? No. Isn't that funny how it's still uh, we... called a mixtape? Yeah. It's yeah. still called a mixtape, oh, yeah. but it's Wait, did you SoundCloud. have tapes? I know. Did Language. I love yeah, it. Right? Did you have tapes at any point in your life? Yeah, did you have a cassette player? No, me, no. Nope. Straight to uh, MP3. MP3, yeah. That's nuts. My but f- it's interesting yeah. that you would still call it a mixtape. Everybody I mean, still do does. So many it's things. crazy. You call them records. Like, hey, I just yeah. released this new record. No, yeah. you didn't. You released a thing, a digital yeah. download. Right. But you don't call it that because it's not. But don't get mad. Don't get mad at. No, no, no. I'm not. No, I'm not mad. It was funny though. You're stealing our words. No, no. It's funny saying that. My nephew. My nephew said it to me. I'm like, you're 11. Yeah. You know what a tape is. I know. But it's funny that 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 continues down. And it's language. It's the words that we accept and we just perpetuate or we continue with these words and everyone's like, oh yeah, that's what it's called. It's called a mixtape. Yeah. So you got. So you've written a mixtape. Yeah. Uh, I, I think only well, there were 18 songs on it. One of the beats was produced by a friend. Everything else were, you know, it was like old gangstar beats or, or something. That's um, cool. Can you share this? Uh, yeah, I feel like there are some things I wish I hadn't said on there, but there's nothing that bad. Um, <laughs> but it is, I, I, I'm fairly confident in it. Like I, I, I used to be able to spit some bars, Dope. but I know that, um, I watched a, an interview with, um, What's his name? Rick Rubin, the producer, and Could be. Kendrick Lamar, and he does okay. he does similar things to he he Rubin was asking him about his uh, writing process, process yeah. and he does similar things. James was just like he'll see something in a store or some type of interaction, he'll either jot it down in a notebook, write a quick note of it in his phone, like and and briefly like describe his emotions, what he saw, how he felt, yeah. and then come back to it at a later time when he's ready to like sit down and write a song. When I was writing like a rap mixtape or whatever, it'd be like I'd be writing like seven different songs at the same time over the course of however long. And yeah. then there'd be like those like three songs that you do in like 20 minutes while you're recording because you just want to make another song. Right. Just bang it out. So it really just depends on like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how anybody would have a structured writing process for creative writing. I really don't. And that's it because it just. What do you mean by structured there though? Uh, like I'm going to uh, not like I'm going to sit down for five hours a day and write like that. I totally get cause you're setting aside time to write, but I'm going to write this song about breaking up with my girlfriend. Right. Here's tomorrow that I'm going to follow at three o'clock. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I think you wake up one day and you write about whatever is, you know, relevant to you yeah. that day. Yeah. Yeah. But as long as you're sitting down and writing, like that, that so much so is a process in in and of itself. Like yeah. having a schedule, sure. It's practice, yeah. Because well, I think there's there's a difference between writing and editing. And to write that song, is it's not a song until you edit it. You put it in a certain order, a certain way, and you clean it up, and you find all right. the right rhymes and stuff. But to write it is that brain dump stage. Yeah. You know, like I showed you that uh, document yesterday on pirates. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was. 
It's awesome. I don't know, thousands of words or whatever. I wish but, you could read it out loud here. <laughs> no. <laughs> it, it's, it, it is inspiring stuff. But it started as me just putting anything that would come to my mind. Yeah. So the brain dump stage is the writing because right. that's putting intention, that's putting emotion, that's putting any thoughts, any dreams, wishes, anything you might want in this. Yeah. And it's just getting it out there, not being bound to, you know, I am creating an outline. I am creating yeah, a song. Yeah. I am creating any piece There's that no I'm structure. trying to create. Yeah, forget the structure. Just write yeah. it. Get everything on. Because no one has to read this. No. This is for you to get it out. Because if you try to write it in your head, you will not write anything ever. That's a good point to, to think about it as writing and editing. I mean, you could think about it the same thing when you're recording, call it a mm -hmm. uh, reality TV show. You're recording hours of garbage, of mm -hmm. garbage. But what you do after, what you do in the studio to cut that up to be like, oh, here's some drama <laughs> that didn't exist, but you right. made it because here's this dump of things that are happening. And then let me kind of mush them together. And okay, this works here. This right. And oh, and actually, let me try this on this side. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. I never thought you can of write, it that way. You can just, just write. Yeah. And the, what I really say, that can, we can make a song out of that. Yeah, we yeah. can edit it into a song. Yeah. We can edit it That's into cool. a blog. We can edit it into a, a book. Like we can send it anywhere, but the writing is done. Yeah. And there was, and it was meaningless. If you had looked at it, it was meaningless because right. I was changing Gibberish. thoughts. Something would come to my mind. Like at one point I'm writing a full out sentence and then I just thought of the alliteration of um, romantic rogues mm. and I stopped my, that other thought just wrote, and then I went on to a third thought immediately after that, and it was just a oh, mess. Yeah. And it was just me, everything that could come to my mind. Somebody would think you were crazy if yes. they read that and be like, oh yes. no, he needs medication, right? When, well, now that it's edited, people will still think I'm crazy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's the process. It's, it's that process of let me try this, let me try this, let me try this, let me try this. Mm -hmm. um, and it's great. I mean... You need that. I don't want to say it's great when you have that luxury, but you do need that luxury. Like you need to say like, hey, that's why you're paying me to write because mm -hmm. you're not capable of doing this. I have a process right. that I do that I work with. I'm dumping stuff out, yes, but then I'm going to put it together. You're not going to see any of that. You're going to see the finished mm -hmm. thing. No, we don't like that. Okay, cool. I'm going to go back to my brain dump, grab a little bit more, put that stuff back together. What do you think about this? Yeah, because mm. it appears slow. It appears yeah. that you're actually you're not doing it the most streamlined way. Like, right, right. Because that often is the way it, it works with in our industry. Is, to someone that doesn't you know, understand. We want you to rebuild our brand. We want you to reposition us. We want you to rethink right. us, rename us. Um, but we need it Friday. Right. So this thing that we're going to sit on for years, if not decades, um, we need it immediately. Right. And so you think the fastest way to do it is just to write it. Put it into the correct form yeah. you know, immediately. But the reality is that starting this slow way is the fastest. You know, yeah. Like we were saying, those the Navy SEALs... Uh, Slow yeah. is fast, fast is slow, or slow. There's like some way that okay. uh, they, they have like a saying for it if you listen to the Extreme Ownership podcast. Um, but it's that thing is the slowest way you can do it is actually the fastest way. Huh. Uh, because it, it gives you, a, it gets out everything you need to get out. It lays it all out there that you can work with it. It puts yeah. it there. So you go, okay, now I can come back to that. I can move on to something else. So you're going deeper and deeper into the thought or to the ideas, into the feelings. And you can, you don't have to, you can build upon them. And you can take sidesteps as opposed to trying to process one little nugget of information yeah. in your head over and over again. Because when you go on to the next one, the last one gets erased. Right. Right. And so this process of putting it all out there is the fastest way to do it. That's cool. And one thing I do is because we often have to come in quickly. So yeah. you go in, here's a client, meet the people. Okay, now go and figure out our problems through language and through brand right. strategy. Um, one of the things I often do is I explain it to myself in writing. So I, I will write it to, to myself 
every piece of information I know going, okay, here's what's going on. Here's what I think. Uh, and I, I talk to myself like I'm a complete idiot who knows nothing. Yeah. So I put every piece of information I know. They do this. I don't think they like each other. Uh, the client, or consumers don't like it. Here's my experience I had at the store. And I just write, 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 write. write Most of that stuff, I might never look at again. Right. But, but I'm explaining to myself like, and it's breaking. So I'm not overthinking it. Yeah. Because I've simplified it so much that I can look at every little piece individually. Yeah. Would you call yourself a visual learner? Uh, you know, we, we, we're big on that, the VAK, the visual yeah, auditory sure. kinesthetic, and I don't think I've ever been able to place myself. I mean, obviously, you could kind of connect, because I, I know I'm a visual kinesthetic, mm-hmm. like audio, yeah, audio a little bit, like someone could explain something to me, but it's like, no, show it to me, or let me do it, and then now I've learned it. Um, but that's interesting, because the, the way you're describing that is, is someone that needs to write it out is a visual learner that needs to just write. So when I would do teaching, right, um, I would teach people, and people would take notes, and I'd be like, why are you taking notes? Like, wh- or what are you writing down? Just watch what I'm doing. But that's right. how people are, are processing. They yeah. need to just write it. Even though that writing, like you said, you might never, ever touch that again. But it's your possibly just your way of saying, now I've processed what my, my problem is or my objective is by writing it. Now I know how to approach it. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting, that, that, that process. Now, is this something that you try to adopt, Jimmy? Or is this, uh, you, you obviously have your own methods, I'm sure. But Yeah, some things, there are some things I wish I did. Like, I wish I did that more. Uh, his previous just point. Brain just, dump or I brain dump in a sense. He he taught me, you know, a lot of the benefits and and whatnot of brain dumping. But even just like the internal thoughts you're having about the right. clients or problems, situation. Yeah, just to get that on the paper. That's a great idea uh, because I definitely have seen the, you know, the benefit of putting everything on the page. Yeah. Um, I think people are scared of doing that. Putting yeah, it on the page that they because, think someone's going to look at it and. I don't know if it's that or if Did you not know this? It's like, no, no, I knew it. This is my process. I just think a lot of people start writing and I also have had this, I I still have this problem here and there. It's like you start writing and then you self-edit while you're writing Yeah. and you're editing while you're writing. Um, Your brain can't self-edit and be creative at the same time. It's incapable of doing that. So if you're worried about it, the account team in the past had a real issue with how much time they spent writing client emails. Yeah. Yeah. And I, but there was a couple that I was by the desk. So I was like, why do you have an hour on your to-do list to write an email? Yeah. They're like, well, it has to be perfect. And I have to think through it. I said, okay, great. Just put on, just write right now. What do you want th- this email to do? Like just, right. just put what it right, right here. Yeah. And I was like, okay, what else do you need in this email? And I'm like, well, that's it. I was like, so you don't need to, but, <laughs> but you were trying to create it in your head and you were trying right. to think of, well, how do we be personable and how do I make this fun? And how do I not sound robotic? And, and right. then once you have a solution, you, and you, you keep moving forward, yeah. your solution's gone in the past. Yeah. And you didn't put it on the page. Just put, what, what is this? Like, yeah. I'm writing a blog. What am I trying to write? All right, at least put that down on, from write here. Yeah. yeah, now I can What is my here. objective? But we forget that simple step because people think that difference in writing and editing. I put this on paper. Well, yeah. it has to be perfect and thought out and, and right. sound beautiful. So yeah. it doesn't have to. No. Just start there at least and build on it. Interesting. Um, uh, quick note on the VAK. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I really, I, I don't buy it. I don't you know, buy that you have to be one or that you're one more than the other. Like, why can't it be like interest learning? What, you, you're going to learn what you're interested in. Like, oh. <laughs> you're going to retain what right. interests you. Well, I think like, it's more about the things I see that are interesting. I'll remember and I'll learn for sure. The True. things I write down like or copy down yeah. that are of interest to me 
I'll remember the things I hear oh, I, that, I agree with that totally. the things I like, things I need. I don't I don't quite right. get like why we need to. Well, I think it's more do a framework or I, I like that because I think that's true. I think oh I don't need this uh, or I don't think I need this. So my learning style is I'm not paying attention. <laughs> yeah, <right>. exactly. <laughs> and I think that's it. Is that it's more of a how you learn, not what you learn, because. I obviously want to learn things that I'm interested in. If you're talking to me about spreadsheets and accounting, I am not. It doesn't matter how you present it to me. Right. Right. Kinesthetically, auditory, I don't care yeah. at right. all. But what I'm saying is if you're interested in filmmaking, right. you're probably going to be maybe, – maybe this is where I'm being ignorant. But you're probably going to be capable of learning about it visually auditory and in all the ways yeah. yeah to some extent why why I, wouldn't you be i know you're right i think you're right but if someone were to tell me uh steve you need to match the the shutter with the 180 rule and you need to have it uh, double the speed of your frame rate if you just said that to me i'd be like okay let me see it let me do it oh i did it cool now i know yeah is that i'm gonna make that connection when i actually click a uh, click a dial and look at it and say oh those numbers have to be there and that number has to be there cool, I got it. Like versus reading an instruction manual, flipping through that. If you come and say, Hey, here's the settings that we need for this shot. Show me how to do it. Cool. I could do that every single time versus mm -hmm. dive through this manual and figure out how we need to shoot in slow motion. Yeah. So you're like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, see I guess I can flip through. Yeah. Cause yeah. The, the doing aspect, like, uh, certainly like in that world. Yeah. So there is a, like Jimmy says, different worlds. There's different learning styles. Totally. I, uh, for whatever reason, I don't want to be the one holding the camera. Yeah, I never would. Uh, that's why I love Jimmy. Grabs that camera and he gets in there and he figures yeah. it out. Thank God Jimmy's around because I don't want to. Do <laughs> you're that. really, you're really. I don't like to do blowing it. some smoke in this podcast. <laughs> Thanks, James. Yeah. <laughs> that's, like, well, I had to set it up because I'm going to say horrible things now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the sandwich, the sandwich. But you know the uh, there's shipbuilders and there's sh then there's people who sail the ships and like say then there's the other people who just like to consider the possibilities of the sea and don't want to do any of that work, which yeah. I like to be. Yeah. Um, but in terms of cameras, like I don't want to yeah. sail that ship. No. I don't want to know how it works internally, yeah. and I certainly don't want to build it. That's no. too much for me. But um, on that subject, like I learned that from reading an instruction man manual. You know, ah, that's where I got it, and I retained it. And you learned it because I, I feel like you got it off of audit auditory. Like I, I remember saying that like during a shoot, and you were like, "Boom, here's the response." And, but you were also then getting in there and you right. were making adjustments, mm -hmm. um, doing it. But no, Jim, you got a good point because, yeah, I, I can listen to I can listen to a podcast about photography and take away quite a bit of information. Um, I was listening today about you know copyright stuff and like mm -hmm. I'm listening to it. I had to listen to it a couple times because I'm like, <laughs> wait a second, what are you guys talking about? Like the legalities and the intricacies yeah. of it. And I'm like, okay, that's crazy. And then I thought, there, there's no way. How could I? do that kinesthetically. I couldn't unless I like went to court and actually sued someone for like copyright infringement. Like <laughs> yeah. how do you, so it's something that I'm interested in. So how else could I have learned it? Like you couldn't, unless someone did like some type of, um, that's where the, that's where teachers of the world become amazing, right? Is I take this complex thing and now I make it visual for you to understand. Mm -hmm. um, or now I present like a puzzle piece to you now mm -hmm. and you have to assemble this creative puzzle piece and be like, there, you just solved the problem of copyright infringement. You're like, how did I do that? It's like, well, I just taught you how to do that. Yeah. That's where teachers become really cool. And the reason why I like those, those three is if I'm teaching someone something, because I do enjoy teaching, is if I try to make that connection with you, um, and you're not there. Okay, cool. I know I have two other ways to try to connect right. you with that. Right. 
and maybe it's a combination of those two things mm-hmm. um, to being able to just convey um, a message or an instruction. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so yeah. it's yeah, it's good to know about them, but to your point, don't limit yourself. Yeah, I think that's a good way to look at it. Um, yeah, I think there are cases of people who they're they're more so uh, yeah. a part of that VAK system than others. Pete, our CEO for listeners and watchers, yeah. um, he's interesting because he doesn't seem to retain or process information as well when he's not creating something in the same time. Doing it, yeah. So notes, or but more so he draws and he yes. sketches and creates shapes and diamonds. So mm-hmm. we were doing the story night uh, a year and a half ago. Uh, it, was, it was a ripoff of The Moth, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and... He was sitting right up front, and the whole time he had his head in a notebook, doodling, and it looked like he was kind of not paying attention. Yeah, and you know, it's like, okay, he's the CEO; he could, he deserves a break. Right? You yeah, know, you, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna call him out during bust this. his balls. No. Yeah, and but I was amazed that the entire time he had his head in a notebook. When there's an, there were amazing stories, funny, emotional. There was tears. Uh, it was, yeah. it was great. But at the end of it, he took photos of the pages of his notebook and sent them out. He was drawing everyone's stories. Yeah. And so there would be, mine was about a mountain, stuff like that. So he'd drawn the mountain. He had, uh, create like key words of the story. So you saw the story come to life. That's cool. Each one individually. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. His so that was him cool. processing it in his mind and yeah. he was seeing visuals, visual quotes. And then he had to put them on the page. Yeah. I, I can, I can relate to that to an extent. When I was a kid, I was a doodler. That's all I did. Mm. Drawing on notebooks, all that stuff. And I wrote rap songs. Had, in my yeah, so you're, writing rap songs, <laughs> you're writing lyrics, right? You're, yeah. you're, you're, you're processing things that are happening by a, another form, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's, as we were talking about before, James, when you're writing it out, like I just need to write out these things. That's how I'm processing mm-hmm. it. And I remember there was a teacher of mine, Mrs. Cook in fourth grade that sort of recognized that, oh, he's doodling and that's not a bad thing. Where every other teacher was like, stop doodling, pay attention, right. stop doodling, pay attention. It was like, no, hey, how about you draw for me? Like this was at the end of like, Steve, stay at the end of class. How about yeah. you draw for me the things that we were talking about? And yeah. I did. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Right. Oh, this is learning. And then that never happened again because yeah. I went to fifth grade and yeah. stop doodling, pay attention. That's it, that quiets your brain in a way that you can actually yeah. listen and process the information in your own way. Yeah. You know, and I'm the opposite. If you see me taking notes in a notebook, You're that's out. how you know I'm not paying attention. <laughs> and so how would I know that, right? How would I know exactly. that as an opposite. instructor yeah. or, you know, someone that's, you know, presenting a keynote and half the people are looking at their phones or it's like, are they taking notes or are they looking at Facebook? It's yeah. like, you don't necessarily know. Or are they doing something else that is allowing them to process that? So you just have to be the speaker and you just have to kind of move on versus being like, Hey dude, what are you doing? Come on. Yeah. I'm here. Mrs. Cook is unreal. It, I don't, I don't know her, no. um, but there's, <laughs> but there are so few of, of her. Yeah. Uh, she was four. I forget. She changed her name, and that was a big shock for all of us fourth graders. She got married, and it was like a thing. Yeah. But no, she was really cool. That, but she, she recognized that, she and she pulled that. you aside, and yeah. yeah. And and I saw that too. So when um, when I was teaching for Apple, they sent me out for training to learn all of this stuff, right? To learn personality types, learner types, learner styles. And there was a kid in there who was doodling, and I remember my immediate thought was like. Oh, he's doodling. Okay, cool. I get it. <laughs> I'm only going to be nice to this guy. <laughs> and, and I remember the whole time, everything we were learning, we were doodling. And when someone, like we were kind of, hey, let's, let's talk about, let's recap, right? And he flipped back to his drawing and he was like, oh yeah, I knew it. And it was like that drawing triggered that memory. Mm. And it was like, oh cool, dude, I get you. We're friends. <laughs> that's awesome. We're friends. I and he's it. a really good illustrator. Like that's his thing. He does these cool vector 
um, almost like 8-bit kind of stuff, like retro style, mm. uh, simplified illustrations. And it's like, cool, that's how your brain works. Right. Anyone else would be like, shut up, stop what you're doing, pay attention. Exactly, yeah. So that's, it's interesting. Yeah. Well, sorry to derail us on the VAK, but, no, you that's know. No, that's no derailing. That's, that's, no, that's, there's that's no such thing as derailing. I know. That I is, know. you know, hence, hence a podcast. Well, um, yeah, I tried to explain uh, someone how are we podcast, on time? and I was like, uh, I was like, uh, well, he just talks for an hour. It's like, that's it. Like, that's, that is it. Yeah. We're going to go talk for an hour. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, I don't know if there is a subject or there is a structure, because everyone I've listened to, it's like, I was like, of, Steve Walter, really excited about creating things and work and all that and, and the process. And yeah. I was like, that's it. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, and that's, it's conversations like this, right? Yeah. So that, you know, we talked for, about it is for how interesting it is to hear someone else talk shop. That's it. Yeah. That's what it is. Cause the one you with the hello, hello me, hello me. Yep. That was the same time we were buying the new camera. Yes. And so I loved hearing the, like just the thought that goes into some professionals when do they use this camera? What camera do they need? You know, all yeah. that stuff. And it was like, this speaks to me right now. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's kind of the idea of any of this content that exists is if one little bit of it connects to you, great. But then if you subscribe, right, and now you're listening to this content over and over and over again, these interviews with different people, um, you know, I haven't had any writers on before. So to hear that process, just to hear that, that brain dump and then edit. And just for me, my takeaway from today is writing is not writing. Writing is editing a brain dump. Mm-hmm. And that that's super interesting because mm-hmm. again I'm not a writer so when I go to do my emails now I'm gonna be like what am I trying to say yeah. mm-hmm. cool I mean I wouldn't necessarily do a brain dump for an email but it's gonna give me a different approach for for thinking about writing and that's like you know selfishly I'm like yeah. hey guys tell me about writing but also for people here's fourth wall um, tell people about this process right um, and the fact that like writing is an art form yeah it let's is. say do a brain dump for an email because I've yeah. actually gotten just strange satisfaction from emails yeah where I'm like I really nailed it there with that like you know that <laughs> turn there in the second paragraph you didn't I see that you. coming yeah, yeah. yeah just don't put their name in the two field yet before you yeah, start yeah. brain dumping totally right? yeah. that's a that's a tip yeah uh-huh. always leave that empty yeah. write out what you got to write and then put in the two field in like a week we're gonna hear back from Steve where he's like, I wrote the most amazing email. <laughs> I'm so proud of this email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. BCC us on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yo, these guys are gonna be impressed with this. Yeah. Um, we were we were just talking about bitch in the headline. Yeah. So I just opened our Slack channel for that that project and just happened to be a screenshot of the the edited version. Yeah. Yeah. So imagine that with bitch at the end. Bitch. <laughs> it would just sit there right at the end. Bitch. Yeah. Great. That's what do you guys uh, do? You like Slack? Hate Slack. Is, is it a necessary evil, or or hate? would you prefer? Because I've I've uh, so I don't think it's with different people that I work with, they use different networks or different apps. So I've used Flock, um, Trello, yeah, and Slack. Yeah. Well, we use Trello as well. You do use Trello with yeah. alongside with Slack because that's more like specific project, more Trello's, visual. It seems. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's more focused on the projects. Um, Slack is just general communication. Then we used to use, oh, what? I can't even remember, remember what it is now. Um, there was another messaging app we yeah. used prior to Slack, and it was not as good. I take yeah. it back. I said it's not necessary. It's definitely necessary. Um, but you just don't like it. No. I think it's distracting. Yeah, because you're, you're getting messages. You're getting messages, or you see a, a room that is getting messages, even if you're not tagged in like 
I I can't help but check out what's going on. I like to be in the loop of the I, rooms I'm well, in. I mute most of them, which it makes it difficult when you someone mute. actually wants well, that's, something. Yeah. Right. I'm like, well, I didn't see you, it. You should just leave it. I just mute them. Leave the room because then you'll at least be notified. Well, if someone says, James, then you'll get can notified. you join this? Oh, meeting, when you're muted? Then I have it, rec- it'll recognize my name. Yeah. I'd much rather just, uh, I don't know. Because email, you can't do email. You don't want to get text messages. You, you can't do a group text no. message. Like yeah. it's, it's difficult when you have, you know, five or more people that are working on something. Mm-hmm. You need to communicate. But then in that communication, I've seen it so many times, like there's a distraction. Someone will bring up something personal and then it goes into this personal thing. And you're like, what are you doing, man? This is, don't yeah. do that text. But it's like, you have so many different ways of communicating. There's Instagram, right? So you just start messaging with people. It's like, nope, email me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or Facebook Messenger, nope, email me. But then, oh no, it's kind of casual and personal. You can do it here. It's, it's nuts. And then when someone's like, hey, remember that thing I told you? And you're like, oh, where the freak was that? Was it an email? Was it in text message? Was it here? It's nine different avenues of where someone might have possibly communicated something. Yeah. It sucks. Um, <laughs> it's I guess just, Slack is just the hardest to ignore. Yeah. Because. It's right there, and it's very much like instant messenger or old AIM where you're like, if you're on, you're on, and you're expected to answer within X amount of time, or you're being rude and ignoring the person. You know what I mean? Right. But it's also, like it's just super distracting when you're trying to, like, focus on on something sometimes. For sure. That's That's the big thing. Like, you can put little icons and, you know, let people know you're busy or heads down is what we term okay. it as like when you're f- focusing on one thing right if you are doing like a brain dump right but and i'm guilty of this too slack also makes it way easier to disregard those requests or yeah. you know those icons of do not disturb icons right yeah. you just well, people don't someone. use people people use but them if, for like yeah. a week but if someone has a i'm heads down send a message but Get to me whenever you get to me. Right, right. I have this idea. I need to ask you. I'm not going to ignore it and then wait to come. No, I'm going to yeah. send it to you. You right. get back to me. When See, you I'll back. email somebody if, if I think of that because I know yeah, I fair. would be tempted to look at the Slack and then that's going to F me you up. to others as you'd like down on. Yeah, okay. I try. <laughs> or, <laughs> I'll just, I'll, or I'll just say, screw them. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Fine, forget it. It wasn't that important anyway. Yeah. But so yeah. You can close Slack. Yeah. Yeah, I know, James. <laughs> <laughs> I know I could do these things. I'm just having How to dare you disrupt me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> By um, having this little blinky thing pop up and you know I can't not click well, on and it. I'll turn notifications off sometimes. That, and that's it. That I, I use the the do not disturb feature a lot mm-hmm. where yeah, don't bother me. Like I need to I need to stay in this yeah. area. I need to stay in this zone of call it creativity or just focus. Like I need to get stuff done. Um and it's difficult when someone sends you an email. There's that whole, um, are you familiar with the inbox zero concept of, of being able to like clear out your inbox? Mm. And there are certain, there's certain folders that you can create, you know, do it now, do it later, um, all that kind of stuff, ways for you to organize and sort. And if you can answer, it's something like if you can answer an email in 30 seconds, do it because then it's done. Mm. But if it's something you know is going to take you more than 30 to a minute, put it in the save it for later. Mm. And like that whole idea and that concept. But then to me, it's like I started trying to practice that and then I'm like, well, I'm distracted now by thinking about how much time do I need to send this? It's like, I could have just responded, but then no, I didn't. And well, I do need to respond to them now because this takes priority over the thing that I'm currently working on, but I wanted to stay up. And yeah. it's just like this. It comes a mess. Do not disturb. Everyone leave me alone. This is what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. And even when you think about that, I've been using that now in the car, the do not disturb while driving feature. So that people know they get that automatic response back to say like, oh, he's busy. He yeah. can't get back to me. It's like, 
can't get mad. Or like when people see that you read their message, the, the Instagram scene, like there's a whole, there's memes about this, right? It's yeah. like, well, they, they left me on scene. It's like, well, yeah, I was doing something. I saw your message. I read it, but I didn't have the time to respond yeah. right then and there. Like yeah. that's a whole. Texting is the devil. Diving I'm, into I'm like the, the sociology text. of all yeah. of that. Like how I, we communicate yeah, that yeah. way. Yeah. I have a, an unanswered, I realized it like right before we left the office, um, an unanswered text from days ago. That you and just I, forgot about. I saw it. I did yeah. that. Oh, I saw yeah. it. I'll respond. I was probably in a meeting or something. And then um, I was like, oh. Was it my text? <laughs> <laughs> right. Two, three days. You're like, oh, shit. Yeah. And someone's like, hey, just wanted to follow up on that. You're like, yeah. yeah. It, I it really does d- make me feel bad. So I'll do it. I'll do it tomorrow. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do it tomorrow. Yeah. I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> nice. You know, like yeah. I feel bad not responding to that. Yeah, so but you, that's, you have question. to put some thought to that. Yeah, you do. So, like, yeah. I, I, I do the same thing sometimes. That was a good podcast moment, too. Yeah, yeah. Showing someone. That was a really good podcast moment. No, don't worry, guys. We'll, we'll show you the screen. It's okay. I was... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was <laughs> trying to be disciplined. Are <laughs> you uh, gonna read it out loud? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. but um, texting texting is a hairy thing in general. Like, yeah, I you can't, you know, there's no voice inflection. To, you can't get like the tonality you of somebody. Emojis, like, man. I emojis do actually kind of help. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> you put a smiley face at the end of something, yeah. so someone yeah. knows you're not pissed. Yeah, because right. fuck why, you. Why don't they have a? Ta- <laughs> why are there no Itali- italics on text yet? That's a good call. You know, what's up with that? Right. When Samsung does it, Apple will do it. Yeah. Yeah. They'll, true. they'll figure it out. Although, you know what I have been using lately is the Memoji, where it's my oh, face. Oh, that's good. That's it's cool. freaking fun. Nice. That was really, I saw yours. That was really good. It's it, cool. It lo- and I like that I have a generic enough looking face where that actually looks like me. Because like, I looked exactly at like my brothers. Like and I'm like, dude, yours doesn't even look. Mine looks just like me. <laughs> so I'm like, cool, generic. That's what amazing. Was the, what was the Snapchat? I got off Snapchat a while. Bitmoji. Bitmojis, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. I have the Bitmojis too, and they did the second version where it really, like, it actually takes your face and it generates that automatically. And that's pretty good, but the Apple one's just, you know, adorable. See, how mm. close my Bitmoji was to me made me realize how limited my wardrobe is. Yeah. You know? <laughs> You're like, oh, wow. I, I wear that exactly. I oh, wear, geez. yeah, jeans, like, it had a brown jacket exactly like this. Damn. A hat and a button down shirt. I was like, really? yeah, I do wear that. Every, I wear a version of that every single day. You didn't dress your Bitmoji differently? No, I always love that because that's all I wear. Right. Oh, that's yeah. it. Like, what that's I wear. me. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, yeah. I, I made Although a whole Although that's where you can experiment, character. right? You're like, let me put a leather jacket on and see what it looks like. Hey, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're looking good. Yeah. Let's yeah. try that. No, it just confirmed <laughs> that I like my style. <laughs> I was like, he looks great. He looks fantastic. <laughs> so, James, great. I know you came from uh, a TV background, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for a period. I've done okay. a few industries. Share, share some of the industries. And, and I want to just talk about the TV in a second, but definitely yeah. share your, your background. Uh, started, it, I mean, first writing job, boring industry, but um, moved to New York, worked at a film company, Carmichael yeah. Films. Um, made, uh, they made a lot of independent films, got tied up in a bad movie, SAG, basically uh, wiped them out. And uh, then I went to the Capitals, uh, the hockey team. And did all the video production, marketing, advertising, cool. stuff like that there for a few years. Then I went to MTV and Viacom networks. Yes. So Spike, VH1, MTV, MTV2, MTVU, Logo. Um, I think that was it. Uh, but while also freelancing, did stuff for Fox Sports. And what was what became NBC Sports Network, which was at the time Versus. Okay. Um, Comcast Sports. I'm sure there were more in there. Quite a um, bit. And yeah, bounced around in there for about five years. 
and then I went to agency world. Yeah. And was, was DS your first agency? Third. Third Third full time. Okay. Because then I also freelance here and there. Okay. So I've been around a lot. It's 15 years. Yeah. Um, so in that, you can, you can tell the beard, <laughs> the gray comes in. Yeah. Oh, I noticed just the other day I was washing my face and it was a little bit longer and I was like, Oh, I got a little extra soap there. Uh-huh. Nope. It's yeah. not soap. Oh, once I mean, it gets a little long, it's like, it's, it's just there. Yeah. It's fine. But it's, but it's nice. It's acceptable. Yeah. It's, it's okay. Yeah. You're, you're a little crow's feet coming. You're like, all right, cool. Save space that? for gray beards. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in TV, uh, I guess my question was talking about um, writing dialogue. I guess that, that's really what I wanted to talk about. Did you ever have any experience, either of you, but I know that you have that TV background. Did you have any yeah. ever experience writing dialogue? Well, because uh, it wasn't like, you know, serialized or fiction-based content. Okay. Um, I'm sure there was stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but it was more so, I, did, I worked generally in the studio. Okay. At, at 1515, um, so TRL, um, things like that, which is... It's scripted dialogue, but right. it's not, you know, dramatic. Right. It's not that essence. creative. Yeah. Right. It's I mean, I've done stuff like that for fun a lot. Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff that Jimmy refuses to read. No, no. I read. <laughs> J- James, James, James is a very good dialogue writer. He actually has a, had a script that was a quarter finalist in some script competition. That's awesome. Which I'm now converting into a, a YA novel. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Nice. That's very cool. Yeah. So that's, I guess that's. You know, when I think about that, like creative writing, right? And just dialogue, um, more and more when now I'm watching either a TV show or a movie, like I, I pay attention to that aspect. I'm paying attention. I'm distracted by all kinds of other things, the lighting, yeah. the composition, you know, the movements. But when I'm listening and I can recognize bad dialogue and it's just like, oh, that was bad. Yeah. What, Anything what you, on network TV. And it sounds stiff and you're like, oh, the delivery yeah. of that. I mean, also part of it is the actor, but also just like, why would you have that character say that? Yeah. Mm. So clearly they're trying to set up the next thing. Yeah. Mm. And even just something simple like the office, like we're, my wife and I have the office on repeat constantly, like everyone else in America. Right. And the character Dwight, right. For those, actually everyone knows Dwight. I'm not going to say for those of you who don't know, everyone knows who <laughs> Dwight is. And like, there's certain things that he does. And I'm like, why did they do that? Why did they write him to do that? It's like, did you really run out of ideas? So I guess the, the reason why I'm bringing that up is like the challenge of that. Um, but I didn't know if you'd experience that just even on a, a I mean, personal level. Even just, uh, I don't think I'm a good subject. One is I was never a, uh, you know, a professional scriptwriter in the form of fiction, fiction right. dialogue. Right. You know, that was never my role. Um, but, and maybe because of that, or, you know, the cause of that is I don't think about it that much. Uh, okay. Um, even that one, right, well, the the most recent one that you, I gave, I was giving you shit for not reading, the from, one that I'm converting from into a novel, like Christmas last year. Yeah. So yeah. that was what four days. I didn't I didn't think about it. that. Was the whole thing was I was trying to do it over those couple of days we had off. Yeah. And so I wasn't thinking. It was like what's in my brain right then. Uh-huh. And what's interesting about that is because I didn't spend a lot of time trying to polish it and b- construct something. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting to hear people have a reaction to it, a positive reaction. Yeah. Someone commented like, I love how you did that because that was like setting up this. Yeah. And, uh, I was like, yeah, totally. Yeah. And then I was sure. like, Oh shit. And I had to go back and look and I'm like, Huh, I did that's interesting. That. <laughs> that's totally, that's like part of the through line. I didn't realize it. Um, and so some part of my brain recognized it, yeah. but I didn't realize I was doing it. On, mm. I didn't realize that it was happening. That's and cool. that's, it feels like in English class when, 
you know, the teacher's like, well, what did the author mean when the, right, when he made the, the card meaning? blue? You know? Right, right. And, you know, there's someone in the class going, he probably just wanted to, to write something. <laughs> Likes the and, color blue. Yeah, and yeah. that's often in my writing, <laughs> is ah. if you think you recognize something, just realize, I didn't do it on purpose. I didn't do that. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. And, and so my, my connection there, and again, to either one of you, like, is reading short stories or creative story or whatever it is, is, is reading something that helps you to write better. I mean, it seems like that would be an obvious thing, but I don't know, is it? I think yeah. that's the only reason that I can even complete that stuff is because I read so much Yeah. And that my brain, somewhere in my brain, there is, it's built up knowledge and ability that yeah. I don't understand or control. And so if I want to sit down and write something, I don't process, I don't think, I'm, I'm not aware of what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm just kind of letting loose. Yeah. And that's part of the brain dump is like, Cut off the editing, cut off the thinking and the processing of information, and just let the fire hose go. Yeah. Yeah. James uh, is a serious reader, much more than me. Yeah. Um, and you can tell in his writing because he's, he's better. But um, Bigger words. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> he's just better. Mind, it's like, oh, but, he must read. That's a big word. <laughs> um, yeah. There's absolutely no argument against reading in terms of improving your writing. Like, right. That's 100% a thing. But in... In terms of like writing dialogue, like yeah, novels, um, but even reading scripts, like read scripts of your favorite movies. That's what I do. Like I'll, yeah. I'll read Tarantino scripts, Scorsese scripts. Well, Tarantino is like, but, he's, um, he's the god of dialogue, right? Like he's the guy. He hates that, him, but do you? Yeah. Tarantino. But it's, it's the same idea. You watch more movies, you're going to be better at probably, you're probably going to be more <laughs> apt at writing yeah. screenplays. Don't um, watch, uh, you know, uh -oh. sitcoms. You know, However, shot in front of a live studio audience because uh, it's just going to be garbage. Yeah. Garbage. Right? I also there's definitely an argument uh, for just listening to conversations mm. around you. Yeah. Like at the coffee shop, on the train. Yeah. And just taking note. Like I, I'll do that. I, I, I was at a coffee peddler the other day, and somebody had some some Yale kid said some unbelievable line, um, and I wrote it down on my phone. I can't remember what the exact line was, but just like we were talking about earlier, mm -hmm. I'll go back to it someday. Might be a year and a half from now. Interesting. And right. then I, I might be able to write a scene based on that line, or you know what I mean. Right. I don't really write screenplays at all. Mm -hmm. I, I've tried before, but writing dialogue is super hard. But uh, yeah. But it's still the, the just more reading you do, the better you're going to be at writing. My problem is I don't love reading novels. I like reading. Mm. Like I'm reading a book called helping children succeed right now but oh. it's like a it's a i guess it's a kind of psychology based it's about like early environments and how they impact children's learning abilities share that with me i have a two-year-old <laughs> and a, a one-month-old yeah. let, let me know Give me the. I'm the, very. I'm just interested in. Well, it's give like. Give me bullet points later. I want to know. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll drop. <laughs> it's a, it's a quick read. Kids. Yeah, it's a quick read. Yeah, I'll, I'll bring it over. Um, but no, that's so. That's interesting, right? Be, and the reason why I, I kind of ask that and I think about that, right? As a visual artist, right? I am constantly inundated with things visually. So, can I pull inspiration from that? Do I? Am I attracted to that? And, and. Do I want to do that? Like I'm looking through Instagram. Do I want to go through Instagram? Do I want to be so influenced and inspired by someone else's work? Or do I want to keep it raw? Do I want to, mm. I've been trying to, when I go to bed at night, I've been trying to force myself to think of something abstract. Mm. What can I do that's different, right? Quote unquote different, right? How, how can I have a unique idea? And my brain starts to cycle back to like, oh, that thing that I saw. It's like, no, don't do that. But 
you almost inevitably do that because you're attracted to that. So right. when you, I would imagine similarly, when you, when you read something, you could read something and go, oh, that's good. That's a good paragraph right there, right? Or yeah. when you see a headline, some copy line, right? Even I'll do that when I read that because I have the advertising background where, you know, I would have to pretend to come up with copy just to sell in the idea. Um, but I'm not a copywriter. But when I saw a good tagline, I'm like, oh, shit, that's good. Yeah. Like, you can't fight that. So that's it's, a good tagline right there. Yeah. Oh, shit, that's good. <laughs> yeah, shit, that's good. It's not bomb, bitch. That's, yeah. that's it. <laughs> uh, I, I think you, you do want, from, from my point of view, it's good to just get out there and see everything. See stuff, yeah. One, to get another point of view, uh, to get, yeah. for us, to get other person, someone else's language. Yep. Um, I, we mentioned MTV, I would read um, like Seventeen Magazine yeah. because I was working on a show that That's was target. targeting teen girls. Uh, then I, I worked on another show that was targeting teen boys and I needed, yep. like I actually got a note that um, I needed more like poop, poop humor, like fart yeah. humor. Like I needed to like right. push it. Or I think I had a fart joke and he said, why is it just a fart joke? Why isn't it, why isn't it a shit joke? Right. And like that sort of thing. <laughs> right. Like I needed, need to, I need to be in that mindset more. So you got to absorb that. You got to be there. Dude. So I look at Buzzfeed every morning now. Mm-hmm. Some of the articles are great. Like yeah. I like Buzzfeed news. Uh, I think they have some good stuff, but I do look at uh, articles or whatever they even call them. Yeah. that are not targeted at me and they're not valued to me, but I see language that yeah. I wouldn't otherwise hear or I would, and I certainly wouldn't otherwise use. Right. But it helps me when the next time I have to go write for someone of that age bracket or of that demo or that psychographic, yeah. I can get there a little easier okay. uh, because I have that background. But also I look for structure and things, um, you know, campaign structures, uh, experiential yeah. structure. So what do they do? What pieces they put in what, order in what place you know if, if you're building a house you know you're using a certain model there's a cape cod you yeah know, there's there's a colonial you can build on top of that and expand or adjust that as you see fit or as the homeowner wants or requests but if i were to tell you to build a house and you had to come up with an entirely new structure right. from scratch that wastes a lot of time and right. a lot of brain power so you, you yeah, why start at zero mm-hmm. yeah why start yeah. at zero every time see what's out there you know, yeah. And then steal what you want, yep. what's valuable in them time, yeah. and then create from there. Yeah. Like save your creative juice where you need it and yeah. not when you're just trying to build a foundation. Right. Because there is something to be said about even just calling them trends, right? Like here's what's current right now. So if I'm trying to break that, maybe it is that you're trying to be so prolific, but it might not catch on for four or five years, mm-hmm. right? So why not, hey, especially if this is your job, which it is, right? Mm-hmm. Let me see. Here's what the kid, you know, here's what the kids the are keys. doing, right? Yeah. Or let me read a magazine that a 14 year old boy would read because now I know what to talk about with a 14 year old boy. Right. Or now I know how to sell to a 14 year old boy. Um, and it's it's interesting to to think about that stuff yeah. because I would imagine it's the same with writing. It sounds like it is as as it is visually, like yeah. the creative process. You're you're surrounded by creativity. You want to absorb some of it or absorb the parts that you you know you need or want. Mm-hmm. Or have an awareness of them if you need to tap back into them. Yeah, I think that that desire to understand others, uh, it, it's either part of the reason we do this, or it is part of the reason we're still doing this, or it's just something that's sick about us. And I say us because I know you're similar. Well, <laughs> I I go to um, comment sections on different oh, types of sites, so I okay. want to hear the liberal side, but I also want to hear the insane, sure. super racist side. Sure. I want to like dive into those extremes and I, I, then I get mad about it and upset and I complain about it over right. lunch. 
um, having to read all these, yeah. you know, comments. Um, Can I ask you how many times have you ever written out like a full comment and been like, mm-hmm. "I'm gonna no, it's not worth it. I'm not oh, gonna send it." When no, I was I younger, no, no, okay. no, no. Oh, I stay away. Not from anymore. That. Only once recently, like recently, as in the last six months, I used to get involved, but yeah, not you, you a just yeah. What, what, it's a waste of time. I'm gonna change their mind. No, you're not. Stop it. I'm yeah. gonna make my point. No, you're not. No yeah. one's gonna yeah. care. It's gonna get blocked by. It's like no. Yeah, but, to but his, when I say it's uh, us, uh, serial killer mindsets. The criminal mindset. We've talked about this a little over the last couple months. No, it's so <laughs> he's like, whoa, James. You're the one reading It's so books. intriguing to me. <laughs> no, yeah, it's yeah. unbelievably intriguing to like these people who do these extreme things that you can't wrap your head around it. No, you can't. So uh, John Douglas, the guy who kind of he's the pioneer of um, criminal profiling okay. with the FBI. Uh, this, this, I love the um, the way he can predict. You know traits, or he can profile mm. the, the criminals. Just the psychology. I, I find that, that psychology, yeah. to a degree, yeah. is what we do. He yeah. focuses on stereo killers. Yeah. We focus on elements of the general public. You do, but I love that concept, and part of it is because it's so distant, so foreign to me. Yeah. Um, what is what is that person thinking? Like, mm. why do they act? How could you possibly? And exactly. you couldn't. We couldn't because. You know, without diving so deep into that rabbit hole of of the psychology of people mm-hmm. and call it you know mental health, but right, how could you possibly yeah. think that? It's like, well, because they're in a different state of mind. I love, I love that. I got kind of burned out on the BTK book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can imagine because I'd read it over lunch too. Yeah, and he was reading the guy's journal, like he was going into his journal, and oh, it was no. like just. I can't get into this detail about what he did to this 11 year old girl oh, while I'm sitting geez. here eating pad thai. No, no, yeah. you can't. I had to, so I gave I'm up skip on that, that book. Yeah, yeah I gave up. That. Yeah. A couple of yeah. his other books were exceptional. BTK was too much for me. But the psychology, I think, is really interesting because, and I mean, it's sociology, psychology, all of that stuff's connected, right? Understanding us mm-hmm. and right. being able to try to distance yourself from yourself, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, to then be able to target people and understand people. So reading yeah. comment sections, right? You're like, comment sections from different parts of the world are going to be completely different. Right. And then you start to add in things of like culture, like, you know, mm-hmm. here's your background. Here's why you do these things because that's the way you've always done it. And that's yeah. just a part of your history and your culture. And that's why I want to read that. books about the children because right. you don't then, have kids. Then like you, you can, I could be like, Oh, Steve, you know, I, I can imagine he came from this background and like had this type of upbringing, you know, based on the way you behave now. Yes. Um, that's that's a whole other thing. I love I love diving into why did that person do that? Right. Yeah. It's be, I like to play psychologist. Yeah. It's like oh well, he's probably you know seeking attention because of this this and this. And it's it's funny when Brian was on the podcast, he he shared a lot of that like deep stuff yeah. and very interesting yeah. stuff. And and you know I appreciated that because it's like yeah man that's why we do the things we do. And I personally went to a psychologist to understand who I am. I was talking mm. about my depression and how I, mm. part of that was trying to understand me. Mm-hmm. So when doing that, right, distancing yourself from yourself so you can understand yourself. Now it's like, Oh, I get why I do the things I do. Yeah. The same way that I try to think about someone else. It's like, why is this person doing that? And if you connect that to business, what can I show them to influence them to do something? Right. Mm. Because of how I understand how they operate. Like, you know, a 13 year old girl, like you could probably understand like the things that they're thinking, yeah. but the 13-year-old girl in New York City is different from the 13-year-old girl in Tennessee. Yeah. So how do I target those two different mm-hmm. demos, call it? Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I think I, I, I definitely have this thing where I'm always kind of doing that mm-hmm. um, unconsciously, I think. Just the 
my conversations, I, I usually defer to whoever I'm speaking with and like, we'll at, pose questions to them yeah. and like gather, I'm gathering all this information and learning all about them. But I realize like, I'm not, I'm not talking about myself or my background at all. Actually to the point where Ryan, our uh, video intern last week was, we were at uh, Kelly designers art show and he was like, so what's, what's up with you, man? Like, I don't, I don't know anything about you. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah, I guess not. But I was also like, it's kind of on you at the same time. You haven't really asked the right questions then. Yeah. But I think there is like a, an element to where yeah. I am always trying to find out about the people around me so I can draw uh, an idea of like why they behave the certain way they do, why they say the things they do, and how I can best interact with them as coworkers, friends, totally. whatever. Um it's just, it's fascinating stuff. It really yeah, is. For sure. I, I kind of want to go to a psychologist, though, to, to tell me who I am, because that would be fun. I would 100% recommend it to everyone. Yeah. It was, and I remember I had a buddy of mine who was like, oh, you wasted your money. It's like, no, I didn't, dude. And he's also a guy who's very close-minded and would never, and this is also a guy that, like, as I talk to him, I'm like, dude, you need to talk to somebody. Yeah. Um, but it's just being able to, and it was cool. So she was, without diving too deep into it, she was an EMDR specialist. Um, I forget what the acronym stands for, but basically she would treat people uh, with trauma, like people with like deep rooted trauma, like mm -hmm. things that happen as a kid, you hold that in, you block it, but then like maybe you're, you, you, you release that, those thoughts in different ways and people do crazy shit, right? Because of something that happened to them. So what her job was to do was to uncover that, help them understand it and process it. So what she said to me, she's like, well, you don't, it doesn't seem like you have that. And I'm like, I don't know, maybe I do. I, I have no idea. But she said, I have a little T, I don't have a big T for trauma. And not that you need to see this person, but it was basically hypnosis. She would hold mm -hmm. a pen in front of me and she would move it back and forth. And I'm like, what the fuck? What is she doing? And I was like, all right, I'm just going to go with it. I don't care. I'm going to go with it. And she said, she put the pen down. She'd be like, tell me what you're thinking. I'd be like, I don't know. That's weird that you just did that. She's like, okay, cool. Anything else? I'm like, I don't know. Okay, we'll go <laughs> it again. And she would do it over and over and over and over and over again. And eventually for like nine months, nothing. It was just conversation. We'd just talk. And then one day something clicked. And I was like, whoa. I was like, uh, my heart rate is synchronized with the clock right now. She's like, okay, anything else? And then I started just uncovering things that were, that were deep-rooted to me um, and basically that I needed to um, you know, achieve this, this want and this desire to impress people. And it's something mm -hmm. that, that I knew that I had, but I made this direct connection basically to my parents. Like I want them to be proud of me. Mm -hmm. Anyone could say that I want my parents to be proud, but that's why I was doing the things that I was doing and distracting myself with wanting to do more. That's why I take on so much work because it's, I need to prove, I need to prove. So it was this cool thing to be able to talk to someone. And I, I had like an out of body experience. Yeah. Um, that's yeah, wild. No, I, I felt like I felt my blood flowing through. It was really weird. Like mm. I felt like I was almost on the level of like hallucination. Wow. Where, where I was tapped in and it was cool because when I saw her get excited like oh shit it's happening cool this <laughs> right, is what I right. do the drugs she are was, kicking in she, yeah yeah it's like right you're kicking in now and then she was asking me to focus on a color and it was this light blue color and it was so vivid in my mind it was cool she's like okay cool we're all done go in your car sit there for 20 minutes don't do anything and I'm like oh so I need to come down she's like yeah basically so it was really cool wow obviously that's not necessarily going to be everyone's experience um, if you see an EMDR specialist maybe but it was cool that it was like, I was kind of hypnotized. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. She hypnotized and me into tripping a little bit, and then I connected with who I was. Yeah. Um, and then that day forward, it was like, oh, cool. Like, my anxiety, gone. Yeah. Like, it just went away. It was weird. Yeah. That's why, yeah. I, 
I think hypnosis is legitimate, but, but even if somebody doesn't, nobody can fault you for that experience no. because it made you better, made you for feel sure. better. For sure. Like, I literally just had goosebumps as I was talking about it because yeah. I was reconnecting back to that. I had goosebumps when you were talking about Mrs. Cook. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to tell you about that earlier. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it's it's super interesting, the psychology. And that's I, I share it with, with photography. That's very much a thing where there's the technical of a camera, there's the creative of an image, and then there's the psychology of photographing a person. Mm. Um, and the psychology of then on the back end or the point of view of the viewer of the photograph. And I'm so glad mm. that you brought that up, James, because I have a portrait series that I actually want you guys to participate in, the 30-second exposure. Oh, yeah. So when we're done recording, I would like to do 30-second exposures of you guys. And that project <laughs> is very much based around that idea of connecting all three of those things. Well, more the psychology is sort of at, at the, the prominence, but then also like here's the technical and then here's the, yeah. the visual. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a buddy of mine, Tom, Tom Lavery, he wrote music for it. So mm-hmm. like I have these little 30 second stingers that I put on there. He does your, yeah, the intro. To he does the, intro yeah, for, my, yeah, yeah. for everything. Tom's yeah. my boy. Tom's my, he's my composer. And you do his album art? I did his album yeah, 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 so we have that creative exchange. Yeah, yeah. so you know Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm up on it, a little bit of it. He's got yeah. a great name too, by the way. Tom, Tom Lavery. If you're listening. Yeah. 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 Jimmy's <laughs> a fan, Tom. Tom Lavery. That's Tom Lavery's a good that's a good his musician. His middle name, name is Sherlock. Wow. Ooh. Thomas Sherlock Lavery. How good is that? Don't pull the John Cougar Mellon camp on us. <laughs> <laughs> um But yeah, man, that's it's it's really, really interesting. So I would love yeah. for you guys to participate in that. Yeah. Yeah. James is going to get in front of a camera again. Wow. I actively avoid being in in front of a camera. Well, the the beauty is it's only 30 seconds. Yeah. That's it. I've I've seen these before. And and you have your own Instagram page for them, right? Yeah. At 30 S-E-C-E-X-P. I should have come up with a better name, but I wanted to abbreviate it. It's fine. 30 second exposure. Yeah. Um, If you go into my Steve Walter photo, you can connect to it. Right, it's in the bio. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, it's been cool. So thank you guys for for hanging out. I appreciate you guys taking time to share about your creative process. Brain dumps, that's for sure, like now in my mind. And I wonder if there's a way that I can connect that visually um, when when I'm working on stuff. So thank you guys. Do you want to share with... Photography, the brain dump is, uh, we're in the age of the brain dump. I mean, you can take 10,000 shots where you used to have to take 25. 20, yeah, right. And then now you're limited. You're stuck. You can't brain dump. Yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah. I guess that is basically it. Like, Capture hey, it. Go at different picture. angles. You know, I don't get like down it. low, get up high, change the lighting, shoot yeah. it all. Yeah. Sort it out later. Yeah. Brain dump. Mm-hmm. Hashtag brain dump. Hashtag brain dump. Do you guys want to share of where people can find you and, and digital surgeons, anything like that? Yeah. Uh, me personally, no. But um, <laughs> just because I'm, I'm on a big Those, anti-social media kick, like I'm tired no? of it. No, the mixtape, nah. Well, maybe I'll share it out to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> if we can get a cl- get a, a bit a over it, let's end this out with <laughs> a little bit. I was of, 18 of, when I did that. That was a while ago, guys. Please share um, But some of the bars are hot. <laughs> but uh, you can follow Digital Surgeons on Instagram, at Digital Surgeons. Uh, you can follow us on LinkedIn, Digital Surgeons, Facebook, uh, digitalsurgeons.com. Uh, James will probably speak about the podcast, but we do have a legitimate podcast hosted by James called Creative Working Title. That Creative Working Title is on Apple Podcast, 
It's on everything it, but Spotify. It's on everything but so Spotify. So there's Spotify it's exclusives. Hard, it's hard to get on We're Spotify. We're the opposite. Creative yeah. working title. We're not title. going to Spotify. We don't want any part of it. Creative Spotify, working yeah. title. There are 13 episodes right now. Steve yeah. is on the most recent one. That's right. Yes. Um, and there are plenty more to come. Um, there are. And, we already have three more in the can. Coming in. Just got to awesome. launch them. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I guess if there's any designers out there watching, you can follow Digital Surgeons on Dribble. Dribble. Digital ah, Surgeons. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I'm not familiar with it's that. It's like an Instagram, but only for designer stuff. Interesting. So like mm. f- finished visuals, okay. um, website mock-ups. Cool. Things of that nature. Yeah. yeah. I've been out of that design game, so that's yeah. Dribble. It is Dribble, interesting. Three Bs. Yeah. Uh, they just uh, introduced uh, video. Oh, yeah? Video on now. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. I'll check that yeah, out. Yeah. You used to be able to do, you could do GIFs, now you can do video. Dope. Wow. Yeah. Cool. I don't think, are we missing anything? That's it. James? Huh? No. My, cool. I don't, no need to go to any of my social. Just go to the podcast. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I'm, I'm in love with it. I love the, the making of it. It's so simple. Yeah. Anyone can make a podcast. Anyone. I was telling him, I'm, uh, we got 41 countries now. We're in yeah, that's wild. 41 countries. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's exciting. 41 that's countries. Lot of countries. Dude. It, it gives you the little stats. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Our Dope. number two market is Ireland. Really? Followed by Turkey. Really? I asked, well, I, asked him, I, asked, I asked him. He's like, I don't. He's like, I didn't do that. <laughs> huh. yeah. Very cool. Turkey. Uh, Russia is the next one. I think. Damn. Vanessa. Yeah. Uh, no. Well, she's who's back. Uh, right. Yeah. It's uh, through Brian. Brian's episode took off. Oh, Russia. that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yes, a little Russian friend. I mean, I'm not surprised. Right. Yeah. Brian. Right. Yeah. Brian knows people yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Sure. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Of course, his Russian yeah. friends. Yeah. Brian. Okay, yeah. yeah. Dope. Well, Thank you, thanks, guys. Steve. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Cool. cool. And we're out.